God has been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen. He doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with trees. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whispers. You're lucky, we man! Ah! Welcome to The God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. I'm Bill Swirla. That's who he is. I was on top of that one. Man, did I just, you like my uh, my little Austin Powers? Uh, I did. I like the I like those little Austin Powers clips. Yes, that's, that's Mike Myers, right? It is. You're lucky, we man. <laughs> <laughs> he does a good Scotsman, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I I don't know if I can say that uh, character's name on Worldwide KFU. Uh, no, uh, just fat just, something. Just, anyway, just just leave it. Yeah, just, we'll, just we'll we'll not leave not it. Leave it be. Hey, Affeta, Leave it be. I just did the weather from Tahiti. I saw that. It's that. 82 and clear, and there was a link there that said best time to visit Tahiti and all this. And, of course, it, it takes you <laughs> is to... There, uh, is there a bad time to visit? Well, hurricane well, that, That's what hurricane I was kind of wondering. Season. Hurricane so season. It, it takes you to TripAdvisor, uh-huh. and you can check out prices on resorts and hotels. Now, there's this one that I, I must visit because it's a bunch of huts on this little dinky island off of Tahiti. Yes. And, of course, they're all over the water and everything. Yes. And the computer in the studio here is about 8,000 years old, so it it's really slow at loading the prices. But <laughs> I, I'm thinking we need to do a God Whispers from Tahiti. Over uh, in, in a hut. In a hut over, over the water. The water. I, I could uh, I could maybe get a little dive time in while I'm. Oh, at great! It. I click on that and then it disappears. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the corporate censors. I mean, they, they clearly. Why in the world? The, you've been this filtered. Is not right. You've been filtered. It's 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 the it's the oh, IC. Oh, okay. Ah, uh, that's why. It gave me the prices of a bunch of different resorts. Of course, this one is no availability for the for the dates that I picked in February. <laughs> no, so, no, of course, of course not. not. No, you could go in the heart of hurricane season, though. I'm sure that you can get some deals then. Now, when is hurricane season in Tahiti? Or know. is it? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't yeah. think that it's hurricanes. It's typhoons. Oh, 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 okay. Typhoons, isn't it then. in the Pacific? In yes. the Pacific, isn't it a typhoon? Yes. In the Atlantic, yes. it's a hurricane. That is true. All right. You know what? Let's let's Typhoons, press out here until monsoons. August. We'll see. <laughs> planning your vacation. Hey, while we're doing that, why don't we do a little housekeeping up front yes, while, while you're while you're planning your next trip? Well, I I did re up the God Whispers hotline, so we, we are paid up at least for this month. Six two six five nine three seventy seven thirteen, which spells Manly Doctors thirteen. I think that's probably Manly clocking doctors. at us at about ten dollars a call, given the number of calls we get on that thing. It's like thirty bucks a year. So, oh, oh, so yeah, lately then. it's probably more like uh, three bucks a call because we we <laughs> just get about ten a nobody, year. Nobody cares. No, but nobody cares, Craig. Nobody knows. Godwhispers.org. You can catch up on everything there. Dad, and I'm going to get current again. I've been undergoing a little bit of um, upgrade, OS upgrade. On, on your Mac? All my computers, all three of them, plus oh, the, uh, so plus the iPads. You, have you not been running uh, uh, Yosemite? No, I haven't. I, I always wait for what I call gamma testing to take place. This, ah. this is where the first two months of, of consumers rip their hair out with all the things that don't work. So yeah. that way I'm assured that when I download it, it immediately goes to the patch to fix all the stuff that's wrong with it. And it did. So here's one problem that I've had since I loaded, and maybe this is just unique to my computer. Yes. Uh, Since I loaded in Yosemite, I go to iTunes and everything works. But then when I search for a song, it crashes iTunes. I have to reopen it. It won't let me search in the little search window up top there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what you do with those? Those those are kind of like semi-internal apps. You know, they're they're Apple apps, but but they don't come. They don't piggyback like Safari. They don't piggyback with the operating system. Best solution for misbehaved apps like that is to delete it, go to the App Store, reinstall it. Yeah, I've been meaning to do that, but that's, I haven't gotten around to um, it. I, I'm finding that that's one thing I'm finding consistently. If some app after an upgrade starts to misbehave, just don't try to fix it. Just delete it and and bring it back again from the from the app store. Make sure you got you know all your stuff, um, all your data and stuff saved. Uh, the other thing I've discovered, uh, I have an iPad three 
my my first generation doesn't count because it's just it's basically my jukebox for my uh, my stereo system now. But um, but I got third generation that's running the current software. But I discovered something: do not upgrade your operating system, whether iPhone or iPad, on the iPad directly. Upgrade it via the mothership, via iTunes. Just um, say no. Because otherwise what happens is the minute you try to synchronize a newly upgraded iPad or, or iPhone with the iTunes mothership, it won't be able to synchronize. It goes bonkers. And then it it, it shows that you have like about... 12 gigabytes of other consuming all of your storage space. So you can't do anything because it says you don't have enough space. It's just a disaster, in which case you have to sort of blank everything and then re-restore it you know, from its basic saved settings. It, it's a pain. So don't, don't do so, that. You can upgrade yeah. apps, but don't upgrade the operating system independently of the mothership. The mothership is godwhispers.org. You can email us at godwhispers at gmail.com. Now, the first annual Tahitian God Whispers conference will be held uh, in August, apparently, since those are the dates that I've gotten here. And uh, we will be meeting in Tahiti at... The third hut on the left, and the price is two hundred and fifty-three dollars a night. That's not so, too bad. No, it's not. And that's over. I, that's I'm over water. There's a hotel, and then there's a hut. So I'm thinking that's probably the hotel, oh, and yeah. the yeah. huts are probably the like three thousand bucks. Yeah, a night the huts are going to be pricey. The huts yeah. are going to be pricey. Is that like an all-inclusive sort of thing? Do Intercontinental they, Tahiti Resort and Spa. The, does that include uh, tank fills? I don't know. Usually those That's places, you have question. like unlimited fills. You just put your tanks outside your door and, and they'll gas them up for you. I wonder how many listeners we would have to get to go before we got free stay there. <laughs> Yeah, that's like all these. That's, all, uh, that's like all this this clergy tourism, you know, where you you uh, go you go to the Holy Land and 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 the pastor and his wife, of course, go free uh, in, in return for some oral tradition or something. I don't know. They they figure it's going to be more meaningful if you have a pastor along. I see a lot of people doing that. The last thing I want to do is have a bunch of people tagging along with me on my vacation. Well, if they're paying for it, I don't care. There's not enough money in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a uh, solitary person, man. I, I mean, I. In fact, I don't even want to go to like like ruined stuff. I, I want to go to desolate areas in the world. We we have a random caller calling in. Go for and, it. Uh, I'm 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 thinking this is dangerous. Do do we do it or do we not? Live dangerously. It's New Year, 2015. Unscreen caller. This is kind of against policy. Gary, uh, Gary's going to come in. All and, right. Uh, and and all right, let's do it. Oh, uh, they hung up. Oh, ah, oh, man. <laughs> this is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction. And that's our problem right there. I I can't believe they hung up, Bill. I'm sad. Oh, Billy. <laughs> I think we should go to the so mailbag in honor of that. <laughs> The God Whispers Hotline brought to you by Anonymous Callers, Bill. <laughs> I like those hang-up calls. Dear Manly Doctors. I got to turn that down. It's yeah, that's a little irritating. driving me crazy. At what point is depression a spiritual illness? If depression is a neurological, psychological, emotional problem, then what is the best treatment? Thanks. <laughs> well, I am a manly doctor of divinity, so I, I feel very qualified to speak to this. And, you know, and what people, say ye? People get depressed for various reasons. Sometimes it's just some episodes in your life that uh, have gone south, and it's not a chemical imbalance in your brain. It's just that life has dealt you a bum deal for a while, and you're depressed over it. Uh, it's at this point that it may become a spiritual issue because maybe – you need to learn to cast your cares on Christ and uh, kind of bask in his grace and forgiveness. But I think that that's not the huge underlying thing usually. 
Uh, a lot of times it's just someone that you cared about hurt you or uh, you lost your job or something like that. Now, I, I delineate that between uh, between that and someone with a chemical imbalance that causes them to be depressed. And with that, psychiatry and uh, medication may well be in order. Any thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I think the, this kind of uh, speaks to the, the there's a, there's kind of a unity of, of the, the body and spirit or body and soul or however you want to say it. You know, the Greeks had a number of ways of dicing us up. But, don't, don't become a trichotomist because uh, Kim Riddleberger from the oh, you can, you can go uh, White even, Horse Inn will get all worked up. You over can it. go even further than that. I mean, they had body, soul, spirit, mind, Ooh, um, quad, whatever. But but that's not the point. I mean, the quad point the point is you know concretely <laughs> as as we actually are all of these things that 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 make up our uniqueness, who we are. Uh, they're, they're all connected. Um, you might have a, a biochemical issue causing depression. I mean, that's 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 understood to a certain extent. Although, curiously, as 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 far as I know, there is no objective test for clinical depression. Uh, you know, it's not like say diabetes, where you measure your blood sugar and a few other markers, and you go, "Whoa, you know, you've got diabetes." Yeah, it, this this doesn't work with depression. What, apparently, what what they do is they prescribe antidepressants, and if it helps, then you have depression. So that's not that's not the kind of like the hard objective diagnostic standard that you generally like in medical science. But that's the way uh, diseases of the mind are. Uh, um, but but I think you can have say a biochemical issue that's causing you to be depressed, and if you are a a, pers- a spiritual person, you know if you if you uh, have faith and and you pay attention to matters of the spirit, it will also affect that too. In in other words, bodily problems are spiritual problems, and vice versa. Spiritual problems can manifest themselves bodily as well. Um, I think a, a great testament to the unity of that is when we leave the Lord's Supper at the dismissal, we say, you know, the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in body and soul to life everlasting. I remember um, uh, Kurt Marquardt saying that what is good for the soul is also good for the body and vice versa. And so so um, I, I'm not going to, like, draw some line, you know, at what point is it a spiritual uh, illness. All illness has a spiritual dimension, um, all, uh, just as it has a physical dimension. And just as when somebody is sick, you know, you pray. We may do an anointing with oil uh, in, in conjunction with prayer and, and the other spiritual tools that we have. We also go see a doctor. We take prescription meds. We, 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 you know, there, there are a variety of things that go with that. So I don't think there's a point. Uh, certainly on the clinical side, there's a place at which the, the doctor will say you are suffering from clinical depression as opposed to you're depressed because your cat died or you're depressed because you lost your job or something like that. Um, but th- those are those are really fuzzy lines, and there's no objective test for depression. I, if you read between the lines, I think Melanchthon suffered uh, what we today probably... I, I hesitate to do sort of psychohistory, but, but I think Melanchthon shows a lot of the telltale signs of what we would call depression today. Well, and Luther certainly had his bouts of it also. Yeah, and, and Luther blamed it on the devil, you know, just right. throwing ink bottles at the devil uh, and and the, the, the usual trio of the devil, the world, and our flesh. Um, and it's hard to say, short of having the man in front of you and talking to him and observing his day-to-day. Uh, I think that people who suffer from clinical depression will tell you that it's 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 beyond sadness. It's 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 a it's a profound inability to function. Yeah, you know, it's paralyzing. You, yeah, you, there's there's a really really great YouTube uh, by a, a lady who talks about this in great depth, and the hope that she found also uh, just by talking through and you know therapy, but also medication and the rest. But you're right. Uh, clinical chronic depression 
It's beyond sadness. It, oh, yeah. It's I, paralyzing. I, I think the ordinary depression, sadness over something, part of grief, uh, you know, the constellation of grief responses, that's just part of the palette of our, our humanity, our, our emotional life. And, you know, some people are more sensitive than others. Some people uh, are, are highly empathetic. So not only do they get depressed over their own circumstances, they get depressed over everybody else's circumstances, too. <laughs> I don't have that gene i don't suffer from that so uh, you know i'm more on the sociopathic side when it comes to those things but that's another story um but but uh, that's still sadness that can be traced to a reason uh but when it becomes a kind of an unreasonable sadness when it becomes a debilitating and paralyzing when you can't function you can't do your vocation you don't want to you just can't get out of bed in the morning or something that's that's really a problem and there are there are we're discovering bio biological uh, sometimes mm-hmm. genetically uh, sourced reasons for those things, and and uh, now the question is, is that a spirit? The, the, is that a spiritual illness? And 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 this is where this is where I think we religious people sometimes make a mistake. Uh, we we forget that the unity of body, soul, spirit, mind, and all that other stuff. And we start to say, oh, well, you know, if you have appendicitis, that's purely a physical thing. Okay. You, you mean that's not because of unconfessed sin in your life? Yeah, right. A pinnix burst? Right. Yeah, and we'd laugh at that. But on the on the other on the other on the other hand, hey, if I'm going in for an appendectomy, I wouldn't mind a prayer on my behalf. Sure. Okay. Right. Uh, and I will certainly pray before they knock me out, um, because because again, you know, the, everything that happens to us is both physical and spiritual. That that's that's a that's an artificial sort of dichotomy we've created. Uh, they're not separate buckets. Uh, by the same token, I think we make the mistake sometime when somebody is depressed uh, that it's due to, say, lack of faith. You know, you mm. should be more joyful because you're a believer. You're baptized. You shouldn't be depressed. And we lay that trip on the depressed, which is really bad. I mean, that that's that, that's like rubbing salt in an open wound. Um, you know, they themselves may have thought this. They may be having their own, as Luther called them, you know, his Anfechtungen, his, his dark nights of the soul, uh, these times of testing, uh, which he uh, basically says part of what makes a, a theological person is, are these, these, these tests, too. And so um, there, there's a spiritual component to everything that happens to us. And, and I don't think you can sit around like Job's friends saying, ah, okay, we understand why you're suffering depression. It's because there's unconfessed sin in your life or you're carrying around guilt or you don't believe enough. or something. This, these are horrible things to say because we have no, no insight into the spirit of right. a person. You know, only God does. Um, you know, also, though, Bill, there, there is a good biblical counsel on this. There's absolution, but ultimately pastors need to know their limits. And, you know, I'm probably one of those pastors that refers to the experts a little too readily uh, saying, you know, this sounds to me like you might have a a more serious problem than than, uh, can be dealt with just with absolution and a few Bible verses and, you know, we need to get you to a psychiatrist and maybe some medication. You know, and, a- and there's no shame in medication either. You know, no. uh, antidepressants are, I think they're the most prescribed medications going right now. So, you know, you're, you're not alone in this. Uh, we've, we've got a culture that is... Uh, uh, a lot of people are suffering with depression. See, that's the flip side of the religious spiritual distortion. Okay, the one side that says, you know, if you were right with God, you wouldn't be depressed. That's wrong. The other would be saying you shouldn't take antidepressants or any psychotropic kind of drugs because that's masking the real spiritual problem. You know, you don't have a physical problem; you have a spiritual problem, which is that that's that's probably not true. Right. Um, and in fact, a lot of times uh, these drugs. These drugs are not an answer. They are a means to an end. They're, they're a means to a healthy, a, a healthy uh, emotional life again. And sometimes you can be in such a dark place that you can't be talked out of it. You can't talk yourself out of it. Um, it, it sometimes you actually you have a physical uh, situation where, where that has to be corrected before anything else can be addressed. 
you know so it's it's kind of part of the mix and and i i don't think this is a judgment on the strength or the weakness of somebody's spiritual life or their faith if they have to spend some time with a psychologist or a psychiatrist and have uh some you know drugs uh, to help them uh, attain some measure of clarity and normalcy so they can be about their vocation um, on the other, you know, the, the other side of it, there, there, there's many facets too. Um, oh, sure. You know, mild depression. You can be depressed. You can you can get into bad situations by doing things that are consistently bad for you. <laughs> you know, the talk therapy is about this. The psychologists will talk about talk therapy as opposed to drug therapy. And, you know, what they find is that um, if you change behaviors, you change brain chemicals. Right. And if you change brain chemicals, you change behaviors. It's a two-way street. So th- there's no one right direction here. And uh, sort of the both and is probably more the sum total reality of what it means to deal with the diseases of the mind. But by no means leave out the spiritual tools of prayer and confession and the sacraments, but don't think that that's the sole tool. Those are the only tools that God has given us any more so than we don't take the child. We refuse to take the child to the pediatrician because after all, we prayed for the child in church on Sunday. We, 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 we're not Christian scientists, you know, in in that sense. So, right. um, And of course, you know, there are things that I notice, like when I'm under a lot of stress and get depressed, uh, if I'm not exercising, if I'm not up and moving, it just kind of lingers. But in those times in my life where I've actually gotten off my keister and done something, you know, uh, it, you get some endorphins going, you get to work out your frustrations and, and the tension and the stress. And, and there's so many benefits that way, too. So, you know, it's not medication alone. It's not confession and absolution alone. It's not Bible verses alone. It's not counseling alone. It's not exercise alone. It, As you're pointing out, Bill, and I think so rightly so, it's it's a holistic kind of thing. There's there are many different angles to approach this. Yeah, yeah the, I think the difficulty is when somebody's in the in the real depths of a depression or a depressive period, um, they can't make the first move. Right. Uh, you, you know, you, you maybe see it in a very small microcosmic sort of way if you've been sedentary for five years and you're trying to start an exercise program or something. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just like this, like pulling teeth. It's just it's, and this is not clinical depression. This is just simply lethargy. Right. Uh, but imagine taking lethargy and going to the the you know the third or fourth power with it, so that it's a paralyzing lethargy it's one where you know opening your eyes takes effort um they're not going to get off their keister and get you know get a little exercise uh that's where it really does take uh intervention and you know other people uh and the things you don't want to interact with other people so this is a really it's it's a really dark place Mm -hmm. and um and and i think that we have to be uh uh, sympathetic and and empathetic to to where people are in that, and certainly not judge them spiritually. No, um, I think what you're saying, and I totally agree with this. The diet and exercise have a lot to do with one's sense of well being, and that sense of well being also ha- translates into how you feel about things spiritually, too. It, it, you can't you you can't pull these things apart at the close of the day. Um, and so as proactive measures, I think it's really good. Uh, taking care of the body, taking care of the mind um, it is part and parcel of taking care of the whole being, the person, you know, as, as a being who also is a spiritual being. And so, you know, we have the spiritual disciplines of prayer and worship. We have the physical disciplines of diet and exercise. We have mental disciplines to keep our, our minds sharp. Um, so I, I kind of like the, the way the Greeks kept sort of slicing and dicing our humanity because it causes us to pay attention to this thing or that thing. So being body, soul, spirit, mind, all these things uh, causes us to uh, take note of uh, how complex and wonderfully made we actually are. And, you know, (laughs) I I realize when you're in the the pit, you know, it's just so difficult to even reach out for help. Uh, but please do. There's there's help out there. And, uh, you know, after 9-11 and my time 
down there in New York, uh, I I was pretty depressed for a while. And I think that was really natural. Well, and, but, and dealing uh, with a lot of people who are depressed for a darn good reason. Right. I mean, right. Uh, you know, you, you have like, like, and we had a Bev Yankee talk about this. She's really good with this yeah, stuff. She I, I mean, she, she has this great perspective of seeing, um, you know, how pastoral care, medical care, psychological care, these are all sort of, this is your team. Um, and, and it, it, it'd be foolhardy to leave, you know, some experts off the team, right? Uh, but to bring, bring together all the resources that God has given you, maybe you don't have all those resources. Well, that's, that's fine. That's good. It's like, if you're on an Island somewhere all by yourself, well, you're not really going to have much in the way of a word and sacrament congregation, um, but that's your circumstances, you know, but, but, uh, normally, especially in our society, there's, there's a fair amount of access to a lot of, uh, a lot of people that could be on your team. I would add this too is, is, and this is my opinion. So, you know, you quibble with it, take it or leave it, but I don't think it's necessary that, that a psychologist or a psychiatrist be a Christian to, mm-hmm. to be a, a suitable doctor of the mind for a Christian any more than, than my surgeon has to be Christian or my general practitioner. I do think that in, the, in these cases, they can't be antagonistic to right. religious life, to the matters of the spirit. Uh, they have to be respectful of you know, the pastors as carers of the soul. You know, we're physicians of the soul, and we're really kind of part and parcel of this person's overall well-being and certainly his eternal well-being. But a, a counselor or a psychologist, psychiatrist who's antagonistic toward that is not going to be much help to a believer, I'm afraid. We're uh, about two minutes over for our break, so we'll be back right after this. We'll talk a little bit more about this, and we'll get into 2014 in review. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. to the God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. <laughs> That's really low. Wait, should we start over? Welcome back to the God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. There you go. I'm Bill Swirla. I always forget to unduck after I've ducked. <laughs> I, I I was playing that Turkish that Turkish surf music again. You know, every time I hear that KFUO thing about its history and the first the first broadcast, I cannot understand a word that they're saying. I always think of this. That was the first uh, phone call. Still, something uh, re- about sitting, sitting in, in it. it. Yeah, th- that was the first phone call received by KFUO. Uh, <laughs> that was the first phone call received by the God Whisperers back in the 1920s. <laughs> <laughs> that was the second one. <laughs> ah. Better, better have that checked. Born from different wounds. <laughs> right. They are God's most beautiful mistake. Uh-huh. They do everything together. Oh, no. Everything. No. We're going to leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> remember remember the old days before we went uh, broadcast? That before we, could, we sold out. You sold us out. I know. You did. What are you going to do? Yeah. Some of us needed a paycheck. I, I'm, think, I'm thinking of going solo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling restrained. You should. 2015, how's your year been so far? So far, 2015 has been awesome. By the way, yeah, next week, we've got to figure out what we're going to do. We might need to pre-record for next week because I'm going to be at the uh, Life Conference, the LCMS Life Conference. Oh, okay. And actually, uh, we, we, we may really be in trouble because I am gone all week. 
Uh oh. So well, uh, we can we can time. we can talk about that, but I would yeah. suggest rerun. Yeah, maybe we'll have or the to GW. Do that. Otherwise, I'll have to do it by phone. But I, I'm not going to have the ability to do the kind of thing that I do here. No. So, but yeah. no, I'm going I'm going to be gone. You're going to be gone. Life. What, what's what's going on? What's what's well, the, what's I, the I, life you know, event? Um, the, it's the big anniversary of Roe versus Wade on okay. the twenty second. And where's uh, it? Where's it going to be? Washington D.C. Oh, okay, it's like last and year. And so we're gonna all go out and march on the mall and uh, sing "We Shall Overcome" or something like that. I don't think they sing that. But I'm uh, gonna burn my bra. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, then afterwards, there's a LCMS Life Conference. Maggie Carner is in charge of that. And uh, we're I just I just to... saw where she's uh, she's stepping down. Well, she has been in charge of that. How's that? Yeah. No, I just, and, just saw that. Uh, it's kind of a shout-out to Maggie. She's been dealing yeah. with, with a nasty kind of brain cancer and has been very, very uh, – been, been an amazing witness to life uh, in the midst of that struggle. She too. has. And I saw her at the Taboo Conference, and, and she was she was doing pretty well. She's an, was, she's an amazing happy. lady, uh, just, yeah. just, just, a, just a wonderful person to know. And uh, she's a, we had her – remember, we had her uh, – back when we, we were out recording – at your kitchen table, we we had her on. Maybe the that'll GW. be the rerun that we'll have to play or something. Well, you know, we know. should. That's a good one. Although we dealt with, we were dealing with dating at the time. We were we were getting oh. getting her perspective as the mother of teenage daughters. Well, it might be worth talking about. Yeah. So anyway, that's coming up, and of course, okay. I, I went to the Taboo Conference. Uh, Taboo, LCMSU, tell us about that a little bit. Uh, uh, Marcus Zill, and that's uh, the college. Have... That's the LCMS U or University. Right, that's that's right. the uh, the campus outreach business. Right, and uh, it was. I think it was a huge success. There, uh, they had about four hundred seventy five kids registered, but five hundred showed up. No kidding. That's college. That's, that's college for you, right? Wow. There. That, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's true. I I didn't. I over. Overslept for the reg line. I right. <laughs> that's why they have it online now. They're still late, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I personally think uh, they overshot on the sectionals, but they seem to be pretty well attended. But I, I think there were like forty sectionals in two days. It wow, was insane! 40, wait, wait, forty for five hundred. You got you're gonna have like less than ten at some of these. I, I don't know how well that. Well, they're. They're not forty at the same time. I, I don't know what the, I don't know what the Goldilocks is. Uh, Sandra over at Higher Things could probably tell you what the optimal um, yeah uh, breakout sessions versus total attendance kind of ratio is. I'm sure there's a magic ratio. There that. is. And uh, I don't know what it is. I, I heard rumor that that the the conference was going to get picketed or some did it. Yeah, that was actually really cool. Uh, the gay, lesbian, transgender, queer uh, group, and I, they call themselves queer, LGBTQ. So. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the the conference was on the lower level at St. Louis University. They have a big ballroom and and all of this, and then upstairs on the main level. Uh, the LGBTQ crew set up like three tables, and they had various uh, signs up saying, uh, I'm a person, not a sin, and stuff like that. Oh. And uh, one of the young ladies at the conference said, why don't we send them some hot chocolate? So good old Marcus Zill went over to the Panera that's right there in the building and got like 10 hot chocolates and took them up to them and <laughs> nice. took a bunch of uh, passers and stuff. And, and so they engaged in a really, really nice civil conversation with these with these kids. And uh, it, it is know, it is actually possible. <laughs> yeah, and and the gospel was was going forth, and and it was great. I, I ran up there with my microphone and recorder, expecting to hear some chanting and screaming, but uh, everyone was being nice. And you were so, just looking for dirty laundry. I was, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> you're so media driven, but well, so that that's interesting. So so, but it was so a, a successful conference. I thought it was very, very well done, and they're looking to do it every other year. And yeah, I, I think uh, you know, given your involvement with higher things in the past with the high schoolers and everything, this could be something that would be really nice to feed into as kids go off to college. Yeah, I, I think it's good to get together. I think it's good to have um, resources. You know, conferences are they're the new tent revival. I think uh, in many ways the the. Uh, 
it's it's just this opportunity to get together with like-minded. First of all, I I think that's part of what youth conferencing is all about. Because in their average day-to-day world, uh, sometimes Lutheran youth, especially, may feel a bit isolated or minority. So it's kind of nice to be surrounded by people who who think, believe, worship, uh, you know, the same as you. But it also brings yes. together resources that you don't normally have. I mean, the average person has uh, you know, their pastor, maybe a few knowledgeable people in the congregation who teach, but uh, or they're left to their own devices. But here, you know, if you can attend uh, uh, forty different breakouts taught by people who uh, ostensibly know something, uh, that, that's a that's that could be a pretty rich event. So. And I did uh, a sectional myself, and I, I was... Oh, you did? What did you, you do? Actually, I did two, and they were the same one. It was uh, un, uh, unlocking the mysteries of the sexes, since the whole thing was revolving around sexuality. Did you uh, did you sell so, copies of your book? No, that thing needs to be edited. We're still, we're still awaiting the reintroduction point. of Craig's dating book. Yeah, but uh, basically I did like the first three or four chapters about how men and women communicate differently and everything. But uh, the, the first... The first one that I did, I got about 25 people show up, and I was, I was pleased with that, and they put me in one of the larger rooms. Uh, and then the second one, I was just floored. It was standing room only, so apparently... Same topic? Uh, same thing. So you, yeah. you didn't have any competition, is what you're saying, uh, that, that second slot? Uh, no, there was plenty of competition <laughs> as far as that goes. But, uh, do you yeah, actually, do you actually believe this, that, that men and women communicate differently? Yes, Bill. You're married. You should understand these uh-huh. things. I know that different people communicate differently. I'm not sure it's a male-female thing necessarily. Well, I we, we are you one of those complementarians? I what do you mean by that? Well, that, that's In that's the, that's the view that the 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 sexes, male and female, are complementary in kind of a very rigid sort of way. In other words, that that males have certain aptitudes or tendencies that females don't and vice versa. And yeah, the, I believe that our brain chemistry is different enough where God has, has wired us differently, if that's what you mean. Do, do, you have, do, you, I mean, do you actually have the hard science on that? Or is that no, is no, no, not really, okay. just anecdotal stuff. But, oh. you know, in, in general, uh, women, and once again, the key word is in general here, because there are always exceptions to the rule, but... Uh, is this is this based on your vast experience with women, or is, you know what? I got a lot of this from Dr. Laura and from uh, uh, <laughs> Alice and Armstrong and some other stuff like that. Uh, and so I get this from women, which is pretty cool because you know if I if I come up with this on my own, I'm just a male. Well, what about day. the what about the women who don't agree with those women? I mean, are they just kind of like outside the uh, the 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 standard or the norm? Maybe they're abnormal. Is it something well, in, I think it's general, bio. Okay. Is it biochemical? Do you think? Or uh, I think I think a lot of it is, and I think that's oh. by design. Okay, but. But here's women tend to multitask better than men. Men tend to be single focused, right? And so we get on a task and we just, it's like the world doesn't exist outside of this task until I get it done. And I've seen you do this. So I know that, I know that you do this. Now in my family, it's weird because Paula gets all single focused. She's a musician. So she focuses on, you, you, you know, have especially to be, when it comes to music. You have to be focused to be a musician. And I'm the guy who's, who's Facebooking and watching TV at the same time. That's and because she's you watching ADD. She's watching TV alone, and she still can't quite figure out what's going on. And so she's always asking me, and I'm putting up stupid memes on Facebook and telling her what's going on on TV at the same time. Now, I'm not watching the TV, but I hear everything. And so, you know, uh, we we kind of break the mold. But there is there is a general generality where women tend to have this diffused awareness. They They tend to... Uh, work on details more than men, and men tend to be very single focused. And I, I, I believe in the hunter gatherer kind of thing, not in an evolutionary model, but that God created us with these different awarenesses and different abilities, so that we complement each, so each other. So this, this this then correlates with the paleo diet in some in fashion. in a lot of ways, yes, minus I, the food. I saw a great uh, I saw a great debunking <laughs> of the paleo diet by a paleo nutritionist. This was yeah, this, I saw that. It's awesome. It's it is yeah. it is it is it's what I, I love when science triumphs over superstition. It, to, to me, these are great moments. These are great post enlightenment moments for me when 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 actual science triumphs over superstition. Now, bear in mind, uh, religion uh, revealed religion is not superstition. 
in my way of thinking, but but I do love when that happens. So now, actually, Bill, hmm. I think that I got some of my presentation from your wedding sermon. Yeah, th- my thinking has changed on that topic, but that's another story entirely. <laughs> That was that, that part of that 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 part in the wedding sermon is the part of the sermon which I call shtick. Uh, you know, it it's it has nothing to do with the word of God. It has nothing. It's, it just has to do with what or what the 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 homileticians uh, will refer to as hearer identification. You know, you want to you want to kind of like establish a connection with your hearers. But I, I, that changes. That 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 comes and goes with with the seasons. And as you know, um, I'm always looking for the next new thought to think. Yes. Yeah. Even even if you have put all your chips on the old thought. No, I never put all my chips. No, 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 no. I I don't invest in only one stock. I don't play only one number. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I have personally given up on taking you serious about any of your thoughts. Uh, because you have in the past convinced me that you are absolutely right, and then two years later I will say what you just said, and you'll say, "No, that's stupid." And <laughs> that's true. No, so I've I've given up on you. I, I don't I, I don't I have, believe you anymore. But see that that's the mark of 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 a superior form of intelligence is that is that <laughs> I can I can freely admit that I was I was wrong. I I have no inner need for being consistent. <laughs> In fact, I think inconsistency is the mark of intelligence. And you call me ADD. Not ADD at all. I just uh, I don't believe in multitasking, by the way. The definition of multitasking is doing a lot of things at the same time, none of them well. Uh, and and most women will tell you that when where, where forced... did you get that definition? I'm going to play swirly here. <laughs> is, it, is this from research? Is is there scientific study on this? Um, actually, it, it comes out of the time management uh, school in in the business world. Where has there been a scientific double blind study on this? Uh, yeah, actually, there has, and and they they've demonstrated that people's accuracy, even at meaningless tasks, is very much diminished when they're trying to do multiple things at once. You can you can actually test that quite quite easily. Actually, uh, I tend to agree with you on that. One yeah, no, it's 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 why no matter how you slice it, you, you know, yakking. On on your phone and driving and everything else it's not a really good mix because driving tends to take more attention than you think it does which is why i got that speeding ticket on the way to porterville this past weekend attaboy so, yep hey i learned something i bet you didn't know this um or you i learned something i, I learned it's going to be an expensive driver's ed lesson but i learned it uh two-lane highway anywhere in anywhere in california does not matter if it's posted or not speed limit is 35. 55. 55. 55. Really? Yeah. Uh, it may be posted down for reasons, but it will never exceed 55, two lane highway. And because uh, I tried to say, huh, where was, I didn't see any speed signs. I didn't know what the speed, and he basically, he took me to school. See, the CHP guy took me to it's, school. It's hidden in, in on page 258,000. In the California Penal Code. Actually, no. I, I looked it up uh, in the California Traffic Code, and it's in the first line of the first paragraph on speed laws in California, and the section is only two sentences long. But I was multitasking at the time, and I glanced over it, and I didn't know. I didn't remember. Anyway, you want to talk about 2014? Now the 2014 Yeah, is dead. but I, I do want to throw this out. There are some things that you can multitask at better than others. Like I like to listen to my audiobooks and I've noticed that I can't play certain video games and hear the book at the same time, but other video games I can play and comprehend the book at the same time. I had a three-course dinner going the other night on the stove and they each needed a little bit of attention and and I'd made all of these things before and uh sure enough um it came to the table. Not only came to the table, it was eaten. It was consumed without a key ingredient in it. Ah. And it was sitting right there on the counter. It was part of the mise en place. It was all there. I was ready to go. And um, just overlooked it entirely. I, I really... Um, 2014. Yep. You're in religion. You want to kind of uh, give... <sighs> Big wow, stuff. It, was, it was a big year. We were uh, introduced to ISIS. That was probably one of the or biggest I things. Or ISIL, depending on how ambitious they are. That too, depending. And uh, so, you know, this makes, the question is, this makes is this religion? Is this just totalitarianism or both? Well, uh, in Islam, there's no difference. Islam is church right. and state. 
Um, I think anything from Al Qaeda. These guys make Al Qaeda look like you know friendly neighborhood Muslim. Um, although Al yeah, Qaeda claims responsibility for that Parisian incident. So I think that's just because ISIS didn't get to it fast. Yeah, enough. they're trying to outdo each other now. But uh, you know, at, at one level, this is this is this is the most most uh, nasty form of Islam, and I, I wouldn't pin these. Uh, the this on all Muslims, but no. but this is this is Islam reduced to its nastiest form, um, and it is totalitarian certainly because church but and state I, mean I, nothing to Islam. This this is the whole idea is one world religion, one world government. So I do believe that these people are reading the Quran in a literal sense. They, they, yeah. Well, the the problem is that uh, the Quran is all poetic, like a lot of the Bible is, like most prophecy is, by the way. Uh, which ca- in which case it can be multivalent, so you can you can apply it to a lot of different uh, things. I mean, you always read everything in a literal sense. That's not that's not the issue. It's what does it refer to, and they're making it apply to their particular situation. And they're using it as a basis for the subjugation of literally all of humanity. Uh, it, it's, it's dangerous. It's a dangerous religion. And I'm not saying Islam itself, but um, this radicalized Islam is exceedingly dangerous. And um, I, I don't know what the solution is. I mean, you, force is part of it. We don't like it. We get a little uncomfortable around it. But you got to suppress this with the sword because it uses the sword. Um, but from the church side, you, you've got to pick up the sword of the spirit and uh, evangelize like there's no tomorrow. Well, and I think that that's really where we need to come down. Uh, last night I did a program on the First Amendment and Islam. And, you know, at what point does a a, a religion uh, cross the border and and no longer really qualify for the First Amendment? You know, like screaming fire in a in a theater. That, that's you, that's you, right. You can't it's, do that. The, we don't have absolute free speech. It's free right. political speech. Um, and I also don't think, you know, for example, this France incident, is that really an incident of free speech? You know, the French government was not saying don't put out cartoons that tick off Muslims. It really is. If you're going to put out a cartoon that ticks off Muslims, you better be prepared for the blowback. But, well, but there's there's that too. In the but same way, you, know, you, you but, can't but let's, blame let's Charlie Hebdo way. for for these people doing what they did. You, you can't you can't blame them. But you have to realize they took a risk by doing it. You take a risk. I mean, if I go to a Dodgers game and I wear a Giants uh, jersey and I diss the <laughs> Dodgers, I'm going to get beaten up. Okay, there you it, go. it just goes. It goes with the right. term. Um, but that's about the level that you're dealing here with radical Islam. Is you're dealing with global thuggery. Right, uh, and you know, at least the mafia had some class. They they, they just have no no class whatsoever. But but uh, this is a problem, and and I think this is going to be a defining problem for years to come. And it's going to sully the religious waters because it gives more fuel to the the Sam Harris's and the Daniel Dennett's of the world. That religion is basically a a toxic thing that needs to be eliminated from humanity's diet. Um, you know, because this is a glaring example. You know, they'll point to it and say, "This is where religion will get you." Um, of course, in the religious world, we say not all religions go to the same place. This one goes no. to a real bad place. Um, We've got about uh, four and a half minutes left here. Supreme and, uh, Court decisions. Uh, one of the one of the big things, and I think that this goes to where you're going. Also, though, uh, there was Hobby Lobby, but I, I'm not sure that the gay marriage issue was so much religion as much as state. Uh, what do you think about that? Is that a religion, state, or both? Uh, the, the gay, gay, the, gay the, the gay marriage thing is, has become. I mean, I hats off to anybody who figured out how to hitch that to the civil rights uh, locomotive. Um, which initially wasn't popular, but it's since been accepted. But it's really it's, it's really become constitutionally a matter of equal protection under the law. So it's not really a religious thing any longer. The question is only going to be what latitude do religions have in refusing to recognize gay marriages within their own communities? Mm-hmm. So in other words, you know, the Christian pastor is not going to participate in a in a gay marriage or. Um, uh, basically not recognizing gay marriages within the church, uh, even though society is going to recognize them. But I think they've pretty much got it locked down uh, judicially. 
uh, yeah. at, at this point. And I don't think there's any way back uh, from from this. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think that marriage is being redefined. And yes, it is. The church is going to have to adapt to the redefinition and define it further for the church. Well, I think I think the church is going to have to continue to articulate what the essence of marriage is. Right. And that is the one flesh union of male and female. And the the uh, societal purposes for marriage under you know God's temporal kingdom that is marriage is the building block of human society. It's where children are procreated and raised. Um, but I think that uh, the 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 church is going to find itself kind of at odds and alienated from society on this point. And uh, the real test, the, I think, of the next court test is uh, the naysayers, because uh, uh, you know Canada's a few steps ahead of us on that, and uh, it seems like the noose is ever tightening uh, to muzzle any criticism, because yeah, there really is, will be no stopping. It doesn't stop at just getting fifty states to approve gay marriage. Um, right. the, the goal is approval, approval across the board, a- approval from whether whether it's voluntary or coerced. It will be a matter of approval. Well, and, and I'll go one further and say affirmation. Well, yeah, okay, fine. Uh, th- yeah. But 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 any naysayers are going to have to be weeded out. And the church, at least in its conservative wings, are is always going to have an element of naysaying to it that says, you know, we can't celebrate this, we can't honor this, we don't recognize this validly as marriage the way uh, we believe that God has designed it, and and that uh, because there is no one flesh union of an intimate union of male and female going on here. So, you know, we... I don't know. We, that's that's going have... to be that's. I think that's going to be an ongoing thing. It's not going to be the gay marriage issue. It's going to be how free are the naysayers able to say no? Right, and and we see that the Roman Catholic Church has already done this for a long time, and that a marriage is recognized if it's done in the Roman Catholic Church by Roman Catholics for Roman Catholics, and so forth and so on. And that's why it's easy to get an annulment in the Roman Catholic Church. If you were married outside of the church or married to someone who's not Catholic, eh, we don't really recognize that. The Mormons have been doing this also. I, you're, not, and all that. you're not quite 100% accurate, but, but basically it's true that they have classes, that they, they, have, they have kind of, there's classes of being married. You know, well, all and, I know is I have a friend who turned Roman Catholic and got like three annulments. So. <laughs> That's not that easy or cheap. Um, hey, he had a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's time for good night already, huh? Yeah, we're pretty much out of time, okay. unfortunately. Well, we can. Uh, I, th- I think we should pick up a. You know, we'll be into we'll, 2015, but there there are issues that have come up that are still on the plate. They don't go away just because the calendar yeah. flipped. We we can talk about Hobby Lobby and all uh, sorts of other stuff. Mark Driscoll and yeah, Driscoll. lots of lots of interesting stuff. Anyway, we're out of time. We'll catch you next time on the God Whispers. Adieu, adieu. Parting is such sweet sorrow. If I thought you were my friend, I just don't think I.